0: So why is a nice girl on our own heading to King's Landing?
1: I'm going to kill the queen.
0: Tony of House Teflon. Thank you for coming, Sarah. Well, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate the offer.
1: We are so excited.
0: I'm excited. This is Game of Bones. Thank you for listening. It's our second episode of season seven. Hannah and Tony are best friends. I just found out because they were on a panel together at Con of Thrones.
1: We were on Nuts. our, uh, what was the name of our panel? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, should I know we were on <laughs> the
1: theory. We, so we did a panel on crazy crackpot. theories. Oh, the yeah, crackpot, crackpot theory, theory panel. In the song by Sapphire, and it was really yeah. really fun everyone was really into it and we had a really good time
0: i heard it was the best panel that's just what i heard <laughs> that's just what I'm, i heard I, too yeah yeah, i yeah. heard it you know i'm, I'm not, not saying <laughs> this i knew you were going to be great on it tony we've crossed paths in the fandom from the content and work that you're putting out regarding the series on youtube and it was just we had a feeling it would take con of thrones by storm if you were on selected panels like the uh stannis argument the legendary one you had with our friend david j peterson
2: Oh, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you got to put people, you know, you got to tell people the facts. And stuff, you know? Sometimes people, they, they overlook certain things just to help their case. But uh, we straightened that out. And I, I think probably he never was uh, on a panel with someone who really likes Stannis as much as me. I
0: think he was ready for that. <laughs> he was so excited to tear Stannis down, but I'm glad that you were there to have his back.
2: I'm the hand of the king for Stannis Baratheon, the one true king of Westeros.
0: You should introduce yourself to everyone that's listening because we're friends, but, um, you know, This is Game of Thrones, and it's a podcast and stuff.
2: All right. uh, My name is Tony Teflon the Don. I have a YouTube channel, uh, Teflon TV. I'm also a children's book author, and uh, I write music on the
0: side also. I wanted to tell the entourage story really badly, but I don't know if we have time for it today. You've got to leave so (laughs) soon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We could definitely do that at another time, though, but it was funny. Ah, I got
0: a million watchers. (laughs) So, past few weeks, Con of Thrones, and then the premiere of season seven, it's pretty exciting right now for Game of Thrones fans.
2: I would have to agree. Con of Thrones, what what an exciting time. You know, I went down there. I didn't expect – I didn't know what to expect, you know. Mm-hmm. I just went down there hoping for the best, and it far blew my expectations. I really can't wait till next year. And everyone that was there, the only thing they kept saying was, it's over, already. It's over, right? <laughs> I know. <already." laughs> I, know.
1: <laughs> I still can't believe that it's over.
2: Yeah, and I've been keeping in contact with people on the app, too. So, you know, it, that was a very – Good crowd of people, bunch of great, great costumes, just all over. Just a great time. Great time.
0: I'm hoping that we can redo the Stannis Appreciation Panel. I want to put you two together again and see what happens.
2: <laughs> well, I think <laughs> we'll do his homework next time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, this is our second episode of the week, and we're going to dive more diligently into the episode. We've asked you guys a few questions. Hannah asked you guys a few questions actually this week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for those of you, we mentioned it on our last episode, but for those of you who aren't familiar with our format, we do a second episode in the middle of the week where we get a little bit deeper into specific things that had happened. I think that so much of our first episode is us trying to process and laugh and talk about everything that we just saw. And now that we've had some space over the last couple of days to rewatch the episode a couple dozen times and to read a million articles and analysis and go through message boards, we now have a couple more questions that I think are more important than like our initial gush. Before we dive into those first three, there is a big piece of news that we got this week that I thought would be important for us to touch on because it is Comic-Con week. And so, of course, there's lots of stuff happening and we'll probably see a few more things come out over the next couple of days. But we have a new trailer after the first episode has already aired that is giving us a glimpse into the next couple episodes. And I don't know if you guys have had a chance to take a look at that and think about that trailer that we just got, I think, this afternoon, today.
0: We can watch it together.
1: No, all right. Let's I do it.
0: Pop it off.
2: Have you seen it yet? Oh, well, you know, I'm on that stuff,
0: though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got a YouTube channel, and I'm a, there's a lot of competition out there, so I have. I've done a breakdown of it, but I'm ready to watch it again, too.
0: All right, let's do it.
2: I was born to rule the Seven
0: Kingdoms, and I will. The Mad King's daughter will destroy the realm. We must stand together if we hope to stop her. We can't defeat the Night King's army on our own. Daenerys
1: has dragon fire. A Targaryen cannot be trusted. If we don't band together, we will die.
0: Winter is here, your grace.
1: Everyone is your enemy. Everyone is your friend.
2: Every possible series of events is happening all at once.
0: I
1: believe you have a role to- Ooh. Does- <laughs> I think the end of wow. that trailer is probably, in my opinion, the biggest revelation that we get out of all of this new footage. Really? I just feel like Melisandre talking about other players with Danny is, is kind of a big thing.
0: That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I think that the Euron the, the scene uh, is very telling, being paraded through the street. Mm-hmm. What do you think?
2: Well, I think that when you look at him and you see that particular picture of him that they're showing him, you see in his hand he has two ropes. And these two ropes, one in each hand, it looks more like a leash. Uh, so
1: he's got his uh, his gift.
2: I think he got multiple gifts. Mm-hmm. Th- mm-hmm. He's got the gifts that keep on giving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like you, since you just broke down this trailer today for your youtube channel you have a slight advantage on us (laughs) 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 so that brings us to our first question we were going to get into a lot of other things but i think that some of it will naturally come up our first question what gift will Yurong bring cersei
1: i feel like there's a decent consensus on this in terms of the top three answers that we've got from our question answers on watchers and on facebook but in light of this trailer i think some people's Choice may have changed a little bit. So, the top answers that we're getting from people are it's one of the sand snakes. Um, we got a couple votes for Tyrion, which is interesting. I'm the gift. We, we've also got um, a couple people who said that either has to do with dragons or is dragon binder or some way for Cersei you're on to control dragons. And I think that in light of this trailer, that probably is a little bit less likely. Um, but I don't know what you guys' initial thoughts are in terms of who or what gift will be big enough for your aunt to bring back to say
2: Oh, well, I, I think that it's, it's obvious. It's one in each hand. He's got two people with him. I think it's Oberyn's thought that's with him. That's one of them. And I think it's got to be Yarsha. I think <laughs> that's who's with him. <laughs> <That works>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you think that it's Elaria and you think that it's Asha. Yarsha. Yarsha. Yeah, Yarsha. Yarsha. <laughs> Yarsha. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's who it is. It has to be. I can't
2: see it being anyone else because you see in the other trailers, he gets into the sea battle yep. with them. We right. see her jumping from one ship to the other ship. We see her looking up and then we see the other uh, trailer with Theon by himself collapsing. Mm-hmm. So I think he escapes. And I think those two get bagged up. And then, you know, we also seen her making out with the other girls, so it's kind of like a last kiss. I think that I think that it's quite possible that she get, like, we see in the other trailer, uh, it's Yarsha telling Danny we should attack right now, and I don't think Danny's gonna go for it, and it could be the Sand Snake that's not convincing her, hey, We don't need her. Let's just go do it ourselves. And they take off during that night and then they get caught on their own. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. I think that's the only way it could really go down. Because if they were together and they had Danny's dragons, they shouldn't lose. But if they just try to jump out there on their own, I think that's how they're going to fall.
1: And I definitely think that Yara isn't important enough on her own to be brought as a gift. And so to pair that with Ilaria, that's definitely much more plausible than a single person.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Cersei would care much for just a single Greyjoy captive
1: i don't think so either
0: maybe a little bit i don't think she has anything with them right so you think that the sand snakes hmm so if the sand snakes aren't captured and if Tyrion's not captured that would leave the sand snakes still out there to potentially protect Alaria and yarsha (laughs) if if they felt inclined to do so
2: yeah i i think they it's possible they're probably bagged up too Uh, Mm. because anyone who's on that boat with them and we see them fighting on the boat too I think Theon, because Theon is by himself when he gets away and he on that beach. Right. So I don't see anyone mm-hmm. else. I think so they're probably captured. He probably has them all. He probably has every and I think they wanna get rid of Dawn. I think the showrunners they know what they did to Dawn and I think they're trying to get rid of it. So if this is just a way to try to satisfy everybody who hates Dawn uh from Shout the out show to me. and just like, Hey, look, we're gonna kill <laughs> him off for you and we're gonna kill him off in a dramatic way.
1: hmm hmm Yeah, I definitely think that I think that the Sand Snakes, Ilaria, all of them are the uh, the most likely candidates in terms of people that Cersei actually cares about bringing vengeance to. Um, I think that a lot of people have questions about whether or not it could be Tyrion, and I think that the reason why that that's less likely, in my opinion, is because I just feel like Tyrion so often has played the captive that his imp- his impact just isn't enough for him to be a captive once again. You know what I mean? And so I just think that like, I just don't think that that could happen. (laughs) But (laughs)
0: but if Tyrion was captured, I mean, that is, that is a hell of a spice to the mid season arc or the beginning season arc. It's a hell of a spice to Cersei's plan. And, We had some comments, and it's one of the first things that I thought of. I know that it's a little bit of, it's just reading too much into the lines, but I think of season five when Tyrion was like, I am the gift, and then Euron says it, and it's just, it kind of poetically makes sense, but... I just think that Euron Greyjoy would have a really, really tough time if they're still at Dragonstone infiltrating that entire keep and capturing Tyrion Lannister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Tyrion's on the on the boats with them when they get into that battle because you see Yarsha
2: looking up with Theon into the flames, and right? After that, dragon flames coming at them, so I, I, I don't think he's with him. I think he's back in King, and he's too. That that would be too much to give them because whoever gets caught, there's there's no escape for them. There's not like you're yeah. gonna get out of this. You're dead. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they, they're gonna be executed and pretty bad. So I think Tyrion's way too important to get caught by Uh Euron.
1: I think so too, and I really like what you said, Tony, about them Yarsha. <laughs> <laughs> Theon, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll just always. I laugh. think we need to use that th- from
0: now on. Honestly, you <laughs> know, that's it.
1: And and Theon to be persuaded to leave and to attack. I like that, and that's why they're not with the rest of the crew that's at at Dragonstone. And so, um, I think that's an interesting thought. I like it.
0: What are your thoughts on Dragonbinder having its part in the show at all?
1: I
2: no, I can't <laughs> see it. I I don't see it. it. It would they would have had to bring it out during the King's Moot. You know why? That's when he had it. That's when he blows it for the first time. They did the Mm -hmm. King's Moot. If they were going to do it, they would have did it then. The fact that they didn't do it, it shows that he has to be here for another reason. And the other reason he's here and Victorian's not casted is because he's the one who gets with Cersei. That's the role he plays. I, I quite. I, I mean, I, I live in a rabbit hole on Teflon TV. Uh, you know, <laughs> Alice and me, we're best friends. And that's just the way it is a Cheshire Cat. So I'm down here in this hole. And I'm t- I tell people all the time that uh, Euron is, is the Valen So Ooh.
1: Uh, okay.
2: That is why he's been casted in this show. And that's the reason why he's casted over Vic. And that's his importance is that he's going to be the one to take Cersei out in the end.
0: So in the episode where... They were they were talking and they were like, but you killed your brother, blah blah. blah. And he's like, you should try it; it's amazing. So that's not. I mean, yeah,
2: and when you when you look at you know the things, especially from the Forsaken chapter, when you look at the things he's done to women already, right? And in that chapter itself, when you look at it, he has uh, when he has his brother in the dream, he's sitting next to a woman and she's tall, and he's on the iron throne. And it's she's described as tall with a pale neck. And obviously the prophecy for Cersei when she dies is that the Valonqar will put her hands around her pale neck. And then mm-hmm. we have Euron in the show say specifically, I have two hands mm-hmm. and saying that Jamie doesn't have mm-hmm. two hands. So everyone who thinks that Jamie can do it, he's telling you Jamie doesn't have two hands to do it, but I do have two hands.
0: That's one of the things that I've I've been curious about. When we're talking about Jamie Lannister and the Valonqar theory is uh, how his mutilation plays into it. Yeah, I think that's the, the the
2: number one factor why he won't do it. I know a lot of people want him to do it, but I think Jamie, as he said, he wants to die in the arms of the woman he loves. I, I don't think that Cersei, most likely
0: that'd be Brienne. Heck yeah. So Hannah, what do you <laughs> think about <laughs> all my, this now?
1: <laughs> that's my uh, addition to that.
0: <laughs> what do you think about the Valonqar stuff with uh, with Euron?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely haven't necessarily been thinking about Euron as Valonqar myself. I think that I tend to fall into the camp of thinking that it's Jamie just for no other reason than because that's what I think. <laughs> and so... I, kind of get focused in on that and don't explore other options but I mean I think that it wouldn't surprise me given what we are thinking that we're seeing with Euron and Cersei's potentially close relationship I mean we saw in this trailer that they're uh, standing side by side and so we know that he brings back this gift whatever it is and so they're going to have some sort of relationship going forward over the next couple of episodes and so is it going to be a good relationship I don't know um so I mean I don't think it's out of the question.
0: Well do you guys think that it's gonna happen in the next episode because of the trailer and because of the title of the episode being Stormborn? Or do you see the Euron stuff with Cersei and the gift extending over, you know, up to episode four, let's say, or episode three?
2: It's a very long episode. So uh it depends how long the sea battle goes, but the sea battle what well, if they give I would hope that maybe what are they gonna give? Fifteen minutes to the battle, maybe the most. that would be cool. Um, mm-hmm. If we're lucky twenty. So they have plenty of time after that to to get to do all this. So I, I think so. that's what's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that this trailer just covers the next couple episodes. Like I don't think that this trailer that we saw today goes past mid season. And so I think that um we've got a lot of ground to cover in this storyline in the next short amount of time.
0: But do you guys like what's happening with Euron and Cersei? I love it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love it. I'm glad it's happening.
1: I do. I like it. And I, I like that. I think that Euron's character, and I know that last episode, we just talked about how I was falling in love with him. But I do really think that his character has brought a lot of depth to the screen. I think that it's, difficult to kind of introduce a major player this late in this season or this late in the game from a tv perspective but i do feel like he is going to bring out an interesting side of cersei and i think that it's going to be really cool to see him play off of her because they both have this bit of madness in them and so i'm really looking forward to watching them interact more and more, and also to watch Jamie, just watch them interact. <laughs> this guy, he's
2: growing on me. Like when I first seen him, I, I figured they just casted him because he looks like Theon, kind of, you know? And right. uh, I I always, if in the books, like in my head, and it's just stuck in my head, and I just think Madge Nicholson when I think of you're on that, would that be sister so cool. face. That pops up in my head every time, so it's hard, you know. When, when I'm always thinking about this, is the way the guy should look, he'd be perfect for it. And then I see this guy, and this guy looks like one of my bar friends <laughs> and acts like
1: that <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> the next spin off, <laughs> on's <Eurons> Creek. <laughs> I mean, you know, wardrobe stuff aside, I know we talked about it a little bit on our first episode of the week, but. Uh, just, I think you're on season six. You're on season seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Yay. that was a
1: good, a good move. Also, everyone
0: um, over the past couple of days on just online, the Game of Thrones fan community have been highlighting all of the wonderful black leather costumes, or or fake leather, depending on what they're wearing. And Euron was not one to miss it. I, I was just rewatching the episode, and he had all of his wonderful frayed. Threads coming off. I guess that's the look.
2: Yeah, well, they have them dressing like a pirate. Yeah. You know, but mm-hmm. put an eye patch on him I mean, where's, where's I, know. I mean, I know. Out of all of this, how much budget do they have per show? I mean, and you can't put an eye patch on this guy? I mean, I can go to the dollar store. Yeah. I can get you one and stick it. That's all I asked for is an eye patch. That's not too much.
1: Especially, I mean, we talk a lot about like book to screen adaptations and why they made specific choices that they did. And we think about things like Danny's eyes. We understand why they didn't make them purple. But when something like this, it's such an easy and simple fix to put an eye patch on him. But I don't know. I don't make the rules. He would look maybe even more like an off brand pirate than he already does.
0: <laughs> Beric Dondarian does have an eye patch. True. Yeah, and that, def- that was a wonderfully ceremonial transition into our next question.
1: <laughs> I like it. Which
0: uh is pretty standard. Why is Beric still alive? Why are they with Sandor Clegane? Why are they here?
1: I think that these are pretty short and straightforward questions, but I think that we left the first episode with a lot of thoughts and feelings about this whole storyline with the Hound and with Barrick Darian and Thoros, and kind of what is Sandra Clagain's role going forward? What did he see in the flames? Is this real? Is he Azora high? What's going on? And, and so I think this question of what what Barric Darian's purpose is it plays into a lot of what the Hound's purpose is as well, because they're tied together, they're traveling together, they are working together. And so um curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are on their movement going forward and kind of the legitimacy of what the hound is seeing
0: they're either eating the same mushrooms or it's legitimate magic <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> I,
2: I i think uh so I said I'm in, I'm in this hole so you got to come in here with me for a little bit when 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 we look at beric down there and we see last year uh he says to the hound the R'lour, uh the god of la- red god let you beat me why and he didn't have an answer. And then we have the Hound this year basically asking him the same exact question. Right? Uh, when you look at what Beric is uh, from his role in the books to now, the only thing I think that he does uh, is show that life force can be transferred from one person to another using the kiss of life. Uh, that's the, that's only the reason why Lady Stoneheart to me exists in the books beyond the vengeance and the vengeance is, uh, isn't good and stuff. But mostly it's a show that you can transfer one person's life force into another. Mm -hmm. I think that, if it was the book situation, that's quite possible that this would be Lady Stone's heart's last stand and she does it for John. And as we've seen how how bad she feels, Catelyn, about everything that she's done, uh, treated him and stuff. Uh, they showed
0: that in the show. My God, I love this rabbit hole so much, Tony. Can you imagine <laughs> if you. that's what shook out with Catelyn and John?
2: I think it's quite possible. Oh, my I, gosh. She, I think it would give her a final thing if she just gave gave her his uh la- her la- life force and mm-hmm. he came back to life so I think quite possible we can see that somehow go on with Beric when he get to the wall when I think about the hound I think about Jon Snow as the last hero and we know with the last hero he has his companions they go looking for the children of the forest and everyone dies and then it's just him and his dog and I think Jon Snow's dog is the hound I think that's his purpose to be there with him I know it's deep. Hole. <laughs> These are
1: good rabbit holes.
2: <laughs>
1: no, I like that. I think that we got a couple different comments on Watchers. This one's from Derek Foster, who also agrees that show Beric is book Lady Stoneheart. And that there's definitely he, he he then goes and says, so whatever's going on with Jamie. And I think ultimately to get Jamie's Valyrian steel sword to someone in the north, the hound seems a likely candidate. And so I, I like this idea that Barrick is kind of taking on what Lady Stoneheart would have if Lady Stoneheart was in the show or kind of what this Lady Stoneheart narrative looks like in the books. And so um, I, I think that's a good comparison.
0: What does that mean for the technology in which they are brought back? Because I know that's been part of a lot of discussion after George's interview with Time magazine and. Like the fire white conversation, and where that lands John, and where we pretty much know exactly where that lands Beric Dondarrion.
2: I think that when you have people that come back to life in every movie that I've seen. Usually, people that come back to life, they have a mission to fulfill, whether Mm -hmm. they're bad guys or good guys, and and they come back for revenge or whatever. But as soon as they're done with the mission, they usually die. They usually go back to where they were. So I think it means that Jon Snow, number one, will not sit the Iron Throne no matter what. And then it gets to the question of what do you think is going on with the whites? Are they resurrected or are they being warped? So if they're being warped and you want to believe that, or skin changed, whatever you wish to call it, they're being skin changed and someone's controlling. Him like the Knights, King's controlling all his wives. then you have to say somebody is controlling Beric at this particular
0: time. And is it the Lord of Light?
2: Well, I, me personally, I, the hole is deep. I, I don't think that there is a Lord of Light. I think that every piece of magic, blood magic, can be attributed to the children of the forest and the Green Seers. So I think that when you look at everything that's being done, uh, it all happens to them. It's all because of them. When you look at Melisandre's chapter and she sees Blood Raven and she really thinks that he's the great other. And the reason why she says he's not the great other is because he's too, he's not ugly enough. You know, that's her excuse. <laughs> and he's just not, he would be, he would be, he would look worse, you know, than that.
0: He might have a, a necklace too, you know? Yeah.
2: So I, I think that, you know, everything that we see, every piece of magic all gets attributed, I think goes back to the I think there the only gods there is, is the green seers. Talking to the flames, uh, all all the magic that we see, whispers of the great other, Melisandra says, that's what um, people who get inside people's dreams are. That's why she's afraid to sleep. And who goes inside people's dream? That, that is people, that's the green seers who do that. So when I put that together, I think that they are the one god that everyone's talking about, it's just them.
1: So would you say then that whatever... Beric is getting this from, or who's controlling him, or kind of where this magic is coming from. That the Hound is also t- actually tapped into it in this scene here, or that this is kind of by chance.
2: I think that he's seeing what what, what he's once what uh, they're trying to show him. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's the Green Seer that's showing it to him at mm-hmm. that particular time through the time. fire this, instead of through
0: the weirwood. Yep, this time
2: yeah. right through the fire instead of through the weirwood. It is the same magic, same type of situation, the same way they do it. The same way we have when you look at. Uh, I look at it like kind of the weirwood as the past. That's when all the past stuff is shown. The fire as the future. And the glass candles as the here and now, mm-hmm. and okay. I look at the all three phases, all three phases of the green sea and magic for sight.
0: Not to change gears too much because I want to stay on, on this, but when you look at the letter that was zoomed in, um, not the letter, the, the textbook, the information that Sam and Gilly were studying at Old Town, and we get the the hints of the healing properties of the dragon glass. Where, where do you think if if the children of the forest are the base level of the magic, including the fire? And the wherewood trees, like where where does that come in? Because I think of old Valyria and I think of where Grayscale potentially began, it's where it's definitely a hotbed that we've seen. You know, how are those things all connected?
2: Well I look at wh- how how uh, Grayscale came about, it was really a, a guy praying, right? He was captured and he said a prayer to the great mother of Roy. And then after that, the mist rose and then the people turned to Grayscale. They got contracted it. It's a prayer. Uh, every time we see people praying, it's usually to the children of the forest. We see it with Howland Reed. He said a prayer when he got to the Isle of Faces, and then all of a sudden, his prayer was answered. So, I think the only people that we see answering prayers, and you know, are the children of the forest. Uh, even when you deal with the the many faced God, uh, for for them. When you look at that and Arya first gets there and she meets the kindly man, he has a worm in his eye and she pulls it out. It's the same exact thing that happens when Bran meets Bloodraven. He has the worm in his eye too, Mm -hmm. the same face. So I think that when you look at many-faced God, who it is, it's a person who can warg, who can skin change into many faces. So I think it all goes back again to the green seas and the children of the forest.
0: So ultimately, I think this is all going to go back to Brandon Stark. I think at any end, it will all go back to Brandon Stark. Yes. <laughs> so is he the three-eyed raven from before or is he a new three-eyed raven?
2: Yeah, you know, that, that, that's a hard question for me to ask. <laughs> I, I want to see I, how deep I, the hole is. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's deep. It's really deep. I mean, he is the first thing we get. I think he's going to be the last thing we get. I I think that he like he can affect the past. He has affected the past. He can mm-hmm. affect the future, and there's something else going on here. Me personally, I think in the end, and this is going to be sound really crazy, folks. And I know <laughs> it, I know it is. I know it. So I'm just going to put it out there. I think ultimately, in the end, when it's all said and done, that Bran is going to walk John Snow and fight the Knights King as John Snow. I think that's how it's going to go out. We know Bran always wanted to be a knight. I think that's how he becomes a knight. I think there's a reason why they showed him Warg Hodor. I don't think that's going to be the last human being he wargs. I think the last one most likely would be Jon.
1: Interesting. Do you think that that's how? Do you think that, that could play out that way on the show, or do you think that that's too in the weeds for what they're trying to show us on the screen, and and more something that's a bookism?
2: I think if it if it does go down in the book like that, that they have to show it in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've already showed Bran. Uh, Wark Hodor. Yeah. So I mean I, it wouldn't be a stretch to show him Warg John. If John dies again and that would that's it. If he dies again, that's the clue to me that it's definitely going to happen. Because as we said, Beric has died multiple times. I think it's just, you know, when you see someone uh being warked, you see them uh it's hard for them to get out of the body. Uh, We see it all the time. So I think that when the person is killed, it's chasing the warg out of the body and that's why the body's dropping. And then the warg comes back in. Uh, We've seen that with Orel when he was in the uh, Eagle and he gets set on fire and he gets chased out of the Mm -hmm. body. I think the only difference that we have here with Beric and Jon Snow is that Jon's soul is going into Ghost. So Jon's not going to lose who he is when he comes back. He's going to still be maintained. But I think that quite possibly they may have to kill Ghost to force him out of his body and back into his body. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, the, that's the one piece that you can't get on board with.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still not sure just how I feel because we've got, we've got, we have so many variables with Beric Dondarrion and with Thoros of Myr and with the Hound. Hunting party aside, whatever they're up to north of the wall, we can assume that Jon's with them. We've seen footage. Like we we have a pretty good idea of what's coming, but all of these variables are just so it's just so fine tuned up in the air. We have so many options. I really don't know. Uh, you know the news about the fire whites right before the season. It all just seems a little too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's something we yeah. did not know, and now all of a sudden we think this.
2: He did that before with the mercy chapter, and I think he wanted to get ahead yeah. of the show before they showed. And I think this is something he's doing again. So, yeah. I think that's the reason why we're going to see it this season. And that's why we're going to know about it after it's done. And that's why he
0: just wanted to get ahead of the show. Do you think he did that independently of HBO? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: he, he, you know, when you reach a certain day, you just don't care no more. You know, <laughs> you know you, you'll say whatever, you don't care what people think about you. Or he just, he don't care right well, now. He He's,
1: still wants to control the way that we think about the story because it's his. It's his. You know?
2: It is. And I think he wants people to think that I made this up. This is for me. You know, yeah. they didn't do this. I, I'm the one who thought of this.
0: Having all that been said, how do the children of the forest feel about Beric Dawn if they're continually giving him life? Is his purpose to guide Jon Snow?
2: I think it. I think it's most likely it's it's the Green Seer. So it's not ex- the children themselves. Right, right. It's, it's Blood Raven. So say Blood Ravens the one doing it right now because he's the Green Seer at the time. Mm-hmm. So I think that it is to guide Jon Snow and get him up there and to fight, help fight against the White Walkers, to give him this last bit of life that he has to have, this last. I think Jon Snow is going to catch it. And I think when he dies, that it will be Beric that'll blow the breath right into him. And that's how he's going to come back. And that'll be two deaths
0: for him right there. Do you think that Sandor's personal arc, all the, the badness and immorality that he's overcome and the change in him? Do you think that that has anything to do specifically with, I guess, how do I phrase this question? Is it the path that was necessary for him to go there willingly? Or does it have more to do with the kind of person that he is or the kind of people that will sort of thematically surround John when life essentially tackles death? Is it supposed to be poetic or does it mean more that he's overcome things? And I guess, will that process of him learning more about himself be the reason why he gives himself up for John.
2: Right, you see that uh, the Hound himself, you see that he from his childhood, he was touched by fire,
0: right?
1: Right.
2: So uh, he's always been involved with fire some way or another so I think it's just really coming back 360 with him and I think that when you look at the people that are dead, right? Uh, The resurrected people that we see the Night's King for ice, uh, John Snow for fire, and then we have the Mountain for science for uh, term of a better word uh, I think it's his he has to fight his brother he has to take care of that undead person I think that's why he's there in the end the Hound is going to take care of his brother he's got to fight the mountain uh, it's got to be taking a care of
1: his brother is not the same way as saying Clegane Bull get I <laughs> yeah right
2: <laughs> 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 but I, don't, I think it's going to be a, both of them together I think it's going to be Jamie Lannister and him combined fighting him because there's a there's a prophecy that says uh uh he saw brand's first prophecy actually that he gets his first dream he says he saw a, a hound face and then he saw jamie lancer uh so in gold golden golden and in, in the sun and beautiful and that's jamie lannister and then he sees a face of the of a mountain with with black goo coming out of his visor and i think that's that's the mountain right then so mm-hmm. i think that's the reason why they're putting Jamie Lannister, the Hound, and the Mountain together because those two will have to double-tail, take both of their strength to take this guy out.
0: And you think that Jamie's going to pass and the Hound's going to take his sword?
2: Uh, yeah, I think Jamie does pass away and I think the Hound takes his sword. I think anyone with a Valyrian steel sword will eventually fight a White Walker. Uh, there's no other reason I give them right, that What sure. about a dagger? Right. Yes. I
0: have a, I have a video on Arya Stark and that yeah, dagger. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was looking at your d- detective work is like, is ridiculous. Just the zooms and the... <sighs> I appreciate it. Well, man, these are like fears that I've had in conversations that I've had with friends like Aziz and Shay and Sean and like Quentin who spoke and waxed ridiculous sermon poetic at Con of Thrones about the Eldritch Apocalypse. And I'm not going to get into that because I'm sure that you have a lot of opinions on Euron's future. But again, just all of this being said, unexpected. the Before the episode preview where we had a, a reminder of Beric and the other boys saying like, listen, it's not too late. You can still be of use to the realm. That kind of thing I think maybe get swept under the rug a little bit between seasons six and seven. So it was good to be reminded of it. But I mean, they went right into it on this first episode. We've got the hound all of a sudden looking into the fire, seeing a mountain that looks like an arrowhead. And we can assume that it's not the mountain, but his damn helmet kind of looks like an arrowhead. His (laughs) new helmet. Yeah. My friend Mace the pain,
2: he said a long time ago and people laughed at him when he said this, I'm over three years ago, he said, what if the how when he got burned by his brother, he, he seen something in the flames back then? And he said that over three years ago, and everyone was like, Oh, a hound ain't seeing nothing in the flames. And then, whoop, here we go. He is seeing stuff in the flames. So, quite possibly. Shout out
1: to him.
0: That,
2: mm-hmm. that is a
0: chance that, that that did happen back then. So, do you think that the hound is Azura High? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's get down to it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Who do you, you think? Azor Ahai, yeah. Nisa, Nisa, John, and Danny. John, and Danny. That's what it is. Yeah, it has yeah.
1: to be. I feel like the last bit of that trailer that we saw today kind of sparked some of that discussion more. I think, that's, more. Conf-
2: that cons- I think that's, that's the kicker. Yeah. And I think, especially when you deal with Melisandre, and I hear people talk about Melisandre a lot, and you, uh, this is another person who is glamored to, she's supposed to be 400 years, and she's glamored to look young, but uh, makeup's not going to keep you alive. You could put, you know, makeup on a 400-year skeleton, it's still going to be a skeleton. So there's something else going on with her that's keeping her alive other than this glamour that's Mm -hmm. going through. I don't think people talk about that enough, what's going on? What's keeping Melisandre alive
0: for 400 years? Well, does she know that? Does she understand that the magic is coming from essentially the same wellspring or does she think that there are separate forces that are battling? I
2: think, Yeah, I think they all believe that it's separate forces. No one knows exactly where it's coming from, except for the faceless men tell you, you know, in in a roundabout way. But when you deal with the great other and the Lord and all of them, I think they think that they're two separate entities, but they're not. So what do you think about the theory that George R. R. Martin is the great other?
0: Yeah, you know,
2: he's he's writing the whole book series. So I guess he's everybody in the book series, you know, go that route. I I mean, it's a good theory. (laughs) It is. It is. There's no doubt about it. He could be. I mean, I heard the serbity that Stan Lee is the watcher, you know? So <laughs> that's why it keeps popping up in everybody's movies. So, you know, it, who knows? Who knows? They may just do it. It could be that too.
1: I feel like our next question means nothing now that we've talked about <laughs> <laughs> the Children of the Forest and Beric Darien and Valencar, all this kind of stuff, but still important for the next couple episodes. So question three says, John and Sansa disagree on what to do with the Karstarks and Umbers. Ultimately, John decides to let them keep their lands. Was this the right decision? How will John and Sansa's relationship impact future politics?
2: The, the only way it really works to me is if Sansa is playing a game right now. If she's just arguing with John in front of everybody, just so
0: Littlefinger can sue it, see it, so she no. can put on a show.
1: Yeah, that's what I think.
0: So she's misdirecting Littlefinger to get. Think, that, yeah. think there's a wedge between her and John.
1: If you look at. John and Sansa's relationship when they're alone. They very much have this very open dialogue and great communication between each other. And we see them have that conversation, whether or not they necessarily disagree or necessarily agree on the next move is a different question. But I feel like the wedge that is between them, quote unquote, is very much out in front of people. But when they're together, they seem to have a pretty open dialogue. Um, And so I, I like this theory that what she did in undermining John in front of everybody was specifically for playing at Littlefinger and not because she's just trying to wreck everything. Because I think that Sansa is too smart. And as she mentioned in this episode, she's learned from some great players, even if we don't necessarily agree with Cersei's every move, she still has had a great Education on how to play the game
2: and she says she knows what Littlefinger wants and that's sex and she, Cersei has told her that you know that's that's what you got to do and I think that's what she's going to I think she's doing this and then she's going to have sex with Littlefinger that's going to cement it and then he's out of here
0: uh, he's gone you think that that's what he really wants in the end oh yeah oh yeah that's what he wants it's just a breakdown of his character i feel like he's been so strong in the sense of not not that he's been against his relationship with sansa at all actually it's been the most annoying thing and definitely the weakest thing that he's put out but we, we constantly pit varus and littlefinger against each other and i guess in the past we always saw them as equal in some ways but the way that varus blocks out that part of his life and he's able to pass by so many complications and stay out of a lot of struggles that I don't know, something like Littlefinger could get himself into. I mean, do we really think mm-hmm. that that's what he's doing, that he's sort of lost his grip and that he's completely fallen into the Sansa rabbit hole? Or do you think that it's he's still Littlefinger, or I guess, in a, in a way where he's operating on a higher level?
1: I think that we've always said that Sansa was going to be Littlefinger's downfall. You know, I think that we've had these conversations in the past that if he's going to mess up or make the wrong step or make the wrong move, that it was partially or somehow, some way gonna involve Sansa. And so, you know, is this if is, is she the only reason why he's gonna go down? Is he not thinking clearly? I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily that drastic. I think that there's definitely some good reason for him to be aligning himself the way that he is, but I do think that it's not out of the realm of possibility for Littlefinger to misstep or make the wrong move because of her and, and how yeah, he feels
2: for her. I think this is his who he's always been his whole life. This is a guy who loves Catelyn Mm -hmm. until from the time he was a a child till he was a 40, 30 or whatever, a grown ass man. And now when he wants someone he likes, someone he gives his all to him. And now it's Sansa. It was Cat. Now he's obsessed with her. And now he's pushed his obsession over her, and He's not thinking clear. And I think that's the advantage that uh, Varys has over him right now. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, maybe... uh, this is the thing, you know, Varys becoming a, uh, can I say, a dick kebab, for <laughs> the lack of a better word. Uh, that's the thing that he has. That's what's, what's going to make him win in the end over Littlefinger, that he doesn't think about those things. Right.
0: With the new trailer from SDCC, it's pretty clear that John is about to find out about Daenerys in a big way. And it's pretty clear that this is going to be a complication with things that are happening in Winterfell the way that they are with Littlefinger being there with us just talking about Sansa's, I guess, misdirection and change. I feel better about the situation, but I just know that the idea of John leaving reminds me so much of John leaving in the past. And, uh, you know, just to look at our question, how will John and Sansa's relationship impact future politics of... Winterfell and Westeros. I just see him leaving as a, an opportunity for someone like Littlefinger to try things behind his back, or for bad things to happen when he's not there for. Not to mention all the stuff that's going to happen with with Sansa or with uh, Daenerys and him. It's going to be so cool.
1: I don't think it's horrible that's John. John's leaving. I think that the only thing that would give me pause in John leaving is whether or not Bran makes it to Winterfell. And talking about rightful claims in terms of who's the Lord of Winterfell, I think that that's probably more of a question than Sansa staying in charge. You know, I think that I think that Sansa's too smart for someone like Littlefinger to take her down at this point. I think that we've seen pretty clearly that she knows what she's doing. So I, I think that Sansa and John are much more aligned than we are supposed to believe right now.
0: And that's what you think, Tony. Yeah, I think so. I think this this has got to be game. I was completely fooled by Sansa in this episode, so good work. I mean, did you do you
1: think that it's going to be an issue for her to be left alone in Winterfell with with Littlefinger? Not if
0: not if she's playing Littlefinger like this. I knew that she was playing Littlefinger, but I I did think, just judging by the looks and stuff from last episode, that or from the season six finale, that there was something to Sansa's feelings. You know what I mean? But her bringing it up in front of everyone during their meeting in that same long haul in Winterfell, that that was a little suspicious and we kind of made fun of it. So it, it, it seemed like a non-Sansa move. And I said that on Monday. And so it, it makes a lot more sense now. And I feel a lot better about it.
1: That's what we're here for.
0: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who needs to feel better about Sansa Stark?
0: <laughs> I mean, you have to leave soon. It's a bummer. We're definitely going to get you back for round two at some point. But before we move any further, what do you think about? That's next episode, Tony.
2: Thank you for having me. And uh I'm sorry that I do have to go. I wish I could not have
0: to cut this short. There, we sir. should give this a couple hours next time. I think what we're
2: gonna see next episode, what I'm hoping to see, I I'm hope I'm I think we're gonna see a great sea battle. Uh we haven't seen one yet. I think we're going to see a phenomenal sea battle. I think that's going to be it. We're going to see John meet with Daenerys. I think we're going to see that. Or he's going to make his way to Dragonstone. I Long episodes makes me think that he will get there uh, with her. And I think that we're going to see the execution of uh, Yarsha and and stop.
1: <laughs> TM, TM, TM. You got to TM those. <laughs>
0: Today's show is brought to you by Simply Safe.
1: Thousands of people seeking home security get ripped off every day. You can get locked into long-term contracts, stuck writing huge checks with no way out, it's robbery itself and it can cost you thousands. Now there's a smarter way to protect your home Simply Safe Home Security. These are the guys I trust.
0: Here's why Simply Safe has no contracts, there's no commitments, no lock ins, period. Plus, it was built by a Harvard educated engineer to make you safer. It's wireless and portable with a cellular connection built in. And you get professional monitoring with police dispatch so your home is safe around the clock. Best of all, with Simply Safe, 24/7 protection is just 15 bucks a month. Most places charge 3 times that.
1: It's unbeatable protection, a great value, and there's no contracts.
0: And right now, Simply Safe is having its biggest summer sale ever. $100 off the special safeguard package. You can visit simplysafe.com/listen to get this deal. Hurry, the sale ends soon.
1: That's simplysafe.com/listen.
0: Thanks to Simply Safe.
1: And now the moment that we've all been waiting for, our first owns of season seven. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Hey, this is Haley Bowery from the band The Manimals. This is our song Summer, which is basically our Bohemian Rhapsody all about Bran Stark and the Three-Eyed Raven. And we would all like Raven to wish you, you a very happy game of owns.
0: From
1: First up on Twitter we have Rochelle Williams owned to Euron Greyjoy for putting Jamie on notice this episode, who has two thumbs and can marry your sister. This guy Hashtag served. Hashtag eating crap
0: yeah. Sarah Clinton. The sympathetic own goes to Sam. The unlikeliest member of Professor Slughorn's Slug Club. Hashtag Samuel Tarly and the chamber pot <laughs> of secrets. Hashtag bowls of brown. Kristen
1: Aria. <laughs> own goes to Thoros <laughs> and Roller for using the flames to confirm Kogainville 2K17. There's a mountain in the north dot 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 with a lot of emojis that says get hype in all caps. Casey
0: Margaret. My own goes to all the badass females in this episode. Aria Sansa. Danny, Lady Mormont, and even Cersei all slayed. Hashtag who run the world, hashtag girls.
1: Janine Stevenson, my own ghost to Sansa, for calling out both Ned and Rob for being honorable but stupid. If John stands a chance, you need to learn how to play the great game, and Sansa seems to be the only one close to him who really gets that.
0: Jenny Schaefer Mira, owned to Euron's tender profile, looks great in leather pants and has two good hands. Owned to Sam for dealing with shit all day and never taking his mind off his true goal. And own to the Hound for making that switch from the most cynical SOB on the show to handing out prophecies from the Lord of Light. And there are a bunch of sunglasses emojis. <laughs> My
1: favorite emoji. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next, we have Travis Cole who says, OMG, this is so hard. Plus, I'm used to giving chapter owns now. My own has to go to the Hound as he is his regular salty comical self, but you can really see his guarded compassion breakthrough. Hashtag sure bet he misses that rabbit stew. And
0: Manny Amini gives us three owns, Jorah for unnecessarily scaring the shit out of Samwell, hashtag more shit to clean, hashtag at least it's his own Euron for slipping in an obvious hand joke, hashtag heavy handed ha <laughs> ha ha, hashtag like Jamie and Tormund for being into s because of course he is, hashtag Lucky man. Hashtag Tormund is coming. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gil Pound, owned to Game of Thrones sound and video editing peeps for dropping that sick beat in the Sam sequence. Will
0: Netterville, owned to the Lord Commander Tormund of House Giant's Bane for restoring the Night's Watch to its former glory. <laughs> Looks like we're the Night's Watch now.
1: <laughs> Bob Caposia, easiest own of all time. Arya for that opening scene. Big body count right off the bat. Time to catch up. Other starts. She killed
0: so many people. Matthew Movenzi, own to the hound for realizing the irony of his situation. Just my luck, I end up with a bunch of fire worshippers. Hashtag firebad. Hashtag there is no divine justice.
1: <laughs> Erica Lesto, my own goes to Arya Stark because dot 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 family reunions. Hashtag try the jungle juice. Hashtag life of the party. Hashtag keeping up with the phrase. <laughs> hashtag the North Remembers. Dylan
0: Jane L, own to the foreshadowing when the hound looks into the fire. I see a wall. Massive crack from the fire. That sucker is coming down. Hashtag mm. hound sees Wall 2K17. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anna Ollie own to Norman's eyebrow.
0: Kate Bell, own to Liana Mormont, because like hell she's going to knit by the fire. And
1: Joseph Sellers coming in with a similar own. Own to Liana Mormont, I don't need your permission to defend the North.
0: And Peggy Ruiz, my own goes to that map painter. All that work and that bitch is walking all over his art. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Angela Birmingham, owned to Ed Sheeran for being the only ginger in the South. Amy G.
0: Dalla, owned to Ed Sheeran for dropping Westeros' hottest single of the season. Download it on your bard now.
1: Shannon Morris-Talbert, owned to the dragons flying over Dragonstone. Also, the Hound Gravedigger reference.
0: Jennifer Gregory, owned to Dollar Z for rocking that bear cape. Hashtag shoulder pads.
1: Jill Van Sickle, my own goes to the Citadel Library and its apparent lack of every single cookbook.
0: Elizabeth... Own to Aria for draining the fray swamp. Hashtag dropping bodies. Hashtag old English stark stomach tattooing. I can't. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: This is Santiago Sanchez owned to I'm gonna kill the queen. LOL,
0: oh, it was by the way, old English Dark stomach tattoo on the next episode. <laughs> Good one,
1: Jared Kozal owned to the sheer majesty of Danny's arrival on Dragonstone. Ramin's score, Amelia's performance, all of it. Hashtag, welcome home, my queen.
0: Dan Firmage, my own goes to the Night King for his backstage pass to Westeros, courtesy of Bran getting dragged into a tunnel. Hashtag, cold opening. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And at Zalus on Twitter, own to Yaron's half-open shirt, meeting a queen. Button up that shirt, discount <laughs> Jack Sparrow.
0: He didn't get dressed up, did he? <laughs> Kristen Burford, own to Sam's Max Hold hair gel. He might clean shit, but he doesn't have to look like shit. And to those sweet-ass sandals, <laughs> summer ready.
1: Jenny Girl, my own ghost of Sansa for barely being able to hold back an eye roll at Littlefinger. What a creep. Hashtag, she's just not that into you.
0: HLK on Twitter, own to the Hound for rightly man-bun shaming Thoros. Hashtag, top nut top knot hashtag get a haircut
1: Jenny of Tarth says own to the look Gilly gives Sam when he writes to John Look at my man trying <laughs> to save the
0: world. Chris Decker writes: Jamie Lannister, superior math skills. Ned Stark for never cursing in front of his daughters, and Robert Glover for continuously eating crow.
1: Dana Barry own goes to Arya for not killing Ed Sheeran, as far as we know, and for taking out the phrase in style.
0: Thomas Hetty owner of the ep, goes to Walter Frey's facial rejuvenation cream. hashtag You won't believe your eyes. hashtag It's to die for. hashtag Peels back 81 years in an instant.
1: Vivid Bernandi, owned to the three giant whites coming <laughs> mm. our way. hashtag Oh snap.
0: Carolyn Bailey own to Sansa dot 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 no need to finish this tweet assume it was something clever hashtag game of
1: <laughs> that's really good <laughs> Christine Bademan who says own to the hound for confirming Clagane bull by saying a single word mountain <laughs> <laughs> hashtag what is hype may never die hashtag Cleganes never say die hashtag get hype get
0: hype Bookum dano my own goes to the cooks at the citadel for making sure everyone gets enough fiber hashtag loose bolton <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Bowleton>. oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, luca Nieto, own to your for making me feel sexually confused and loving it
0: mm-hmm, luca mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> this next one we don't have to read it but
0: jamie goodwin writes own to sam for going back to school with the kid like a phoenix he rose <laughs> I'll just read the next one while Hannah laughs. Uh, <laughs> Fat Peak Master Sorry. writes, "Owned to that one Lancer soldier who feeds his guests first and obeys Westerosi drinking age laws.
1: <laughs> um, next is my favorite own that we got this whole time. Thank you, uh, Wayne Wolstein, who says, own to the various sand snakes for not being in this episode.
0: <laughs> West is Westeros writes, "Owned to Azora Hound.
1: Mm. Jennifer Crayon with a simple line that says it all. Shall we begin?
0: Shall we begin? Jeff Christian, my own goes to the video editor of the old town work montage for making my friend vomit. Hashtag 30 seconds too long.
1: Uh Travis Mallahan owned to the Maesters of the Citadel. We are the this world's memory, Samuel Tarly Hashtag Sam Writes a Song of Ice and Fire.
0: Our friend Brienne on Twitter writes, Own to Duron's giant fuck off ship. Arya's bartending skills and Sam's steel <laughs> stomach.
1: Francis Lannister, my own goes to the hound because what goes a hound comes around.
0: <laughs> Heathen King, owned that I fucking Tormund gave Brianne, telling Pod he was a lucky man have me rolling hashtag Torman Brianne 2k17 get hype hashtag Jamie who
1: and Jen Calhoun who says own to Brienne, looking at Liana like is that young me I love her want seven of her I can win this war with an army <laughs> of seven of this girl
0: and finally Rowan Abbott with our final own of the first episode own to Aria for wiping out six seasons of problems in about two minutes hashtag never feast at the twins The hashtag game in 2K17 has hashtag stepped up its hashtag game. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Good job, everyone.
1: (laughs) We love it. Thank you guys so much for sending those in. It's always my favorite, favorite thing to read through everything as they come in on Sundays and then spend the week kind of scrolling through and laughing out loud at a lot of these. So thanks everyone who participates and and sends us your thoughts throughout the uh, episode.
0: Wait, Tony, we never asked you your own of the episode of the first episode. What's your favorite moment from the first episode? Oh, geez. This uh, is your first I, one.
2: I, I can answer all these questions, and this is the one that I'm going to get stumped on.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, my favorite moment of the episode. I'm going to go with... Every time I see her, and every word that comes out of her mouth is my favorite. So, Liana Mormont. I mean, Yay. I just, yes. I love her. I just love her so much. I, do, I really, I don't want her to talk to me like that, but uh, I like it when she does it to other people. Yep. <laughs> so that's my favorite at moment.
0: Good, I like it. Well, Tony of House Teflon, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was. Such an awesome time to meet you it's and hang out, Icon of Thrones, and this has been even more fun. Yeah,
2: thank you very much, Verse, for having me, Icon of Thrones, allowing me on no the problem, panels. Man. That was a great. It time was a pleasure allowing me on your on your on your podcast. This is just a great great time. And listen, anybody, if you the, my rabbit hole is big and I know it's deep, but if anyone wants to take a trip down, you know, come to Teflon TV YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm definitely be there investigate and debate. And my channel is really just a discussion. All I do is put out ideas and I want to hear your comments. I like to hear people's comments back. And I'm not looking for people to agree with me. I'm just <laughs> looking for comments so that we can just go back and forth. For
0: it. And that's what I'm You're I like. definitely one of my favorite people to talk about A Song of Ice and Fire with. And I mean that. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: And thanks for taking us down rabbit holes. We appreciate it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hope you can find your way out now. <laughs> I'm working on it. Before we leave, if you're not listening to our new series, Rewatch the Throne, We're still going through, we're in the middle of the second season right now. Actually, the last part, Hannah,
1: Mm -hmm. of
0: the second season while we're handling season seven. So the crossovers are ridiculous. The hints and the clues are fun. And it's all on Stitcher Premium. You can find our new show at RewatchTheThrone.com.
1: When you're done hitting up Teflon TV, it's been a big week for Game of Thrones podcasts on iTunes. And so we encourage you to go over there, check that out, find us, and rate and review us so that other people can find our show and send in their own owns and participate with us as well. So go to iTunes.
0: And if two episodes of Game of Owns a week and Rewatch the Throne is not enough for you, we have extra content at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Q. If you are into the idea of supporting our podcast, we appreciate it very, very much.
1: We are not very long away from episode two of season Storm seven. Ball. So we're rolling through the season and we're excited to be back on early next week with our review of the next episode
0: and if you're you're not yet convinced go look at all of tony's social accounts at tony teflon he's one of our favorite people to follow slash listen to etc and we know that you're going to enjoy it especially right now during the season tony thanks again I, I know we've said thank you about 50 times but thanks for coming on man
2: and i'll say thank you again and to all my people out there peace and stay sexy